this is where the fun begins. Welcome to the Canto Cast, where the stakes are high, the drinks are cold, and no matter your bet, Jeff and Tristan have you covered. So grab your chips, drink up, and enjoy the show. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome everyone to the Canto Cast. I'm Tristan. I'm Jeff. And today we have some very special guests with us, all the way from the Great White North. They're my Canadian brothers from different Canadian mothers, Kyle, Corey, and James from the Tumbling Saber. How are you guys? Canto Cast, hey, hey, how's hey. it going? How's it going, guys? Thanks for having us. Going great, absolutely. Anytime. Anytime. Yeah, we've been looking forward to this. We've been speaking about this since, uh, man, oof, I think it was 2017. <laughs> yeah, it seems but, like that was just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, man, it was actually <laughs> last year, man. But yeah, yeah we we finally got together, and I think we were saying this earlier. Like, I'm super stoked to speak to you guys. Like, with the fans, the community, like doing this, finally getting you guys on on the horn. You know? Yeah. After all Absolutely. this time, like, and and Jeff too. Like, I have to say, give props to Jeff because Jeff, I think, was honestly like one of my first Twitter followers, and I was like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now I feel honored. It comes with a medal, right? <laughs> comes with all my love and respect, brother. So uh, the, the bonus with Jeff is that we get to talk hockey with him too. See, so we yeah, we, that's we true. Can't enter, there you go. You can't bring three Canadians into a podcast during hockey season and not expect us to drop that in. And both our teams aren't <laughs> doing great at all. So yeah, well, they might they might bring up the Habs, so we can move along. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> move along, move along. <laughs> yeah, nothing to see here. Yeah, Jeffrey with his consecutive Stanley Cups. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm... Move along. Don't <laughs> <laughs> jinx it. You know, I do have to ask, though. I, I even though I'm trying to keep it going, but um, I have to ask, do you guys watch any Formula One? Yes. Occasionally. Yeah, I kind of keep up with it because on the radio they do this weekly uh, or this daily update on it kind of with this awesome person like montreal personality so he keeps it interesting okay montreal is really big on f1 because we have i think yeah we're the only canadian or is it north american no the u.s has an f1 stop right yeah no f1 actually uh yeah in austin texas i go there every year and watch the race so it's relatively new for a while we were the only north american stop guy yeah. Okay, yeah. So no, I, they started in 2012. I think is when they started racing at the new track yeah. here in America. Yeah, I couldn't place yeah. it. And, yeah, and we, we have the only uh, Canadian GP race. Yep. There's only three three races. No, there's two races on the North American continent, and then one on the South American. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a huge, a great time. huge, insane weekend here every single year. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone around the world comes in for it. It's. It's really, yeah, it really is crazy. Now all the, all the dude bros go renting their super fancy cars and just drive all nuts all over downtown Montreal as if they're going to hit the track later that day. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. But yeah. I, I avoid downtown like the plague during that weekend. There's there's no way you can get me there. Not even to go to the race. I've had offers multiple times and I just, I can't go. I can't go stand. In, it's either It's either cold and raining or scorching hot. It's never like, you know, 75 degrees and pleasant. It's one extreme or the other. And it's in, I think it's the second Saturday in June usually. 
or Sunday, sorry. Yeah, it's it's, Ju- it's June 10th this year. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah it's always around the same time. The weather's time. not always great. But, I mean, come on. Is there a term for, for fans who only prefer fair weather, Kyle? Mm. I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, it's one race Montreal, in Montreal. The, the, we are very every, fickle. Every, the past yeah. couple of years, that race has been foggy, uh, wet, rainy. Have you ever seen, like, a practice? Like, have you ever seen the, the cars run live, Kyle? Uh, n- no, I don't. It's no. something you have to see. You should go down for a practice day. It, you can't. TV cannot do justice to no. Not, not only the visual um, impressiveness of the speed, like you, you can't imagine what it looks like, but you can't imagine what it sounds like either. You really can't. Well, you, you know atmosphere. what I have seen. I, I've atmosphere. been to a cast car race, which is Canadian NASCAR. <laughs> oh. What's it called again? It's it's just called cast car. I, I actually don't even know if it's still a thing. This was this okay. is going back almost twenty years, but yes, stock car racing I imagine is well. It's, yeah. it's also similarly loud. I mean, I've been to NASCAR races, yeah, and, and it's also quite intense. And people get and into it. it. Yeah, Holy, it's Christ. loud. <laughs> but I, I imagine your listeners probably like to talk about Star Wars, right? Yes, I, I think so. I think we're <laughs> supposed to be talking about if if I remember correctly. But uh, more specifically about Star Wars, I think we're going to do a nice little roundtable here on Revenge of the Sith. Beautiful. So we can, of course, go anywhere with it. We can take it beyond Revenge of the Sith as we see necessary. But uh, we can just start it off by possibly talking about what we thought overall as the uh, the movie as a whole, different experiences we've had with it. Uh, just generally what you thought of it as a film and how it stacks up with the prequels and the rest of the saga. So if anyone wants to chime in with anything related to that, we can kick this off. I don't know. Uh, I think uh, I probably think I know the answer, <laughs> but uh, I wanted to ask you, Tristan, about the Tart- Tartovsky, uh animation, kind of like the Samurai Jack three-minute episodes of the Clone Wars that weren't done by Filoni. And if you've yeah. seen it, no, I've seen. Yeah, I've seen the full series. I have them all on DVD actually, and I've watched them multiple times. It's a, it's a great, great series. I love it. It's criminally underrated if you ask me it's just, it's so good and not enough people really talk about it i feel like i feel like people either don't know about it or they just kind of overlook it and that's kind of sad because it really is like a true little gem that kind of goes unnoticed yeah, yeah it, it got buried. what about you jeff have you seen it yeah i've seen them you know what, you know what came out not. really well from that series is the action figures oh yeah oh they're so they're so nice each figure from that actually, set is really, really nice. That's awesome. I actually have some Christmas ornaments from that series. I have a Asajj, Yoda, and Anakin, I believe. I have those too. So, Corey bought those for me yeah. way back when, except the lightsabers are so brittle and tiny that they've all snapped yeah, think, by now. Yeah, yeah. Same here. I think, actually, unfortunately, my last light, I think it was Anakin's lightsaber. Maybe it was one of Asajj's. Like, the last one snapped. Now it's just a bunch of, like handless figures <laughs> it's just um, people pointing at each other threateningly <laughs> exactly it, it, yeah. you know with intense glares but uh no i mean i'll always you know treasure those and i think i have all the little hands like still kind of in the box just at the bottom unfortunately just so sad but yeah the, just good memories from that series something i wish they would do a little bit more of um but i really enjoyed those yeah our modern equivalent to that i guess in a way is forces of destiny right yeah, yeah. I, I would say so. I would say so. Yeah, Except I don't know if... I know Forces of Destiny, it bounces around throughout the Star Wars timeline, whereas the Clone yeah. Wars kind of went in a linear path. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, right. Well, that's that's the kind of odd thing about this thing, this little animation, which kind of segues nice into Revenge of the Sith, and that even though it's not the the one that Filoni did, which is considered canon, this one still leads directly into the movie, like the last episode of um, of that Clone Wars series. Like they're flying their ships, Obi Wan and Anakin together, and yeah, like leads directly into the movie. And the the other interesting yeah, note from that is that um, you see how Grievous gets his asthmatic cough just as he's about to flee with Chancellor. Uh, Mace Windu kind of force grabs his chest and just crushes it, and so he's just left gagging and coughing and wheezing, which I right. thought was a pretty cool little Easter egg too. Definitely, I honestly that is actually my favorite version of General Grievous was the one in this yeah. little micro series. It's you could only, say it's the only version of Grievous I like. <laughs> That's so true because he was extremely menacing, and I think uh, the best representation of that is uh, Jedi Shaggy. I don't know if you guys remember that throwback, that little Easter egg. It was kind of like. Shaggy from Scooby Doo, and they had him dressed up as a oh yeah 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 as a Jedi, and that's what they called him. But he like those Jedi are all like uh, like they're all in this cave kind of, and they're waiting for him to come, and he just right. kind of smokes them one by one. Right. No, I remember that. It was yeah, it was so good. I think like they had the clone. That's like the really kind of heavy duty clone troopers came in too. The guy with like that quad cannon thing like strapped to his chest and had like that kind of special ops ship come in if i remember correctly they got like shot down or something inside the the whatever it was a crash star destroyer well it was something like that but yeah no yeah the arc troopers that were was. were super cool yeah that's what they were yeah and and anakin's tattoos and stuff it was pretty dope i thought that was not the jedi way but <laughs> no no it was it, uh, there was everything about that series was really and what's the name of that I don't want to call him, maybe he was a bounty hunter, but the guy that kind of had that 1v1 with Obi-Wan in uh, the city, uh, he kind of like, he could like kind of heal himself, like he dirge. would get like a hand chopped off and he would just, dirt. yeah. Yeah, you're right, he true. He was cool, he was really cool, I liked him he, a lot too. It would have been cool if Filoni paid a little uh, tribute to that in the sense that, you know, this, again, it's not considered canon anymore, I would guess, but Ventress makes her way into Filoni's Clone Wars. Yeah. Yeah, Ventress. I, I really do like Ventress. Um, she's a really cool character that I. It's kind of interesting that they decided to bring her over from that, and I'm glad they did because she. I mean, she had some awesome stuff in the uh, the Clone Wars. So, the the main TV show. I, I guess yeah, you could she, say. But yeah, she had a good arc. Definitely. But and then I don't remember. Did she end up? She doesn't end up dying, does she? I don't think she does i just don't think she's ever really spoken of or ever seen again once that show wrapped up well there's a book with uh called dark disciple with her and Kin- kinlon vaz which is uh and th- is awesome. that like does that like wrap up her her story in that book or is it a- pretty pretty much like they okay. they go on a mission to to kill dooku and it's like Basically, Yoda and Mace Windu give the blessing for Kinlon Voss. I don't know if you know that Jedi is kind of like the the tracker Jedi who lives by himself for years at a time. Super cool, but okay. they kind of give their blessing to him to kind of go seek out a vent- Ventress and assassinate Dooku, which is again kind of how representative of how the Jedi have been sh- shrouded and you know they're authorizing right. killings and stuff now and all that. Right. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, just the whole, even relating this to uh, Ridge of the Sith, we just see the whole really downfall of the Jedi, and kind of everything comes crashing down for them, everything that they've tried to keep afloat or have done, obviously, you know, doesn't work out for them, and, uh, yeah, you can feel the, 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 you know, the effects of that all the way through, of course, the original trilogy, and even to The Last Jedi, Luke talks about how the Jedi have just failed time after time, and how he wants them to end, and it's, you just kind of, kind of see that, uh, snowball really start to, you know, have an effect um, in Revenge of the Sith. I, I was shocked actually when they said that on the screen. When Luke said that on the screen to Ray about Ray. talking directly about the prequels, kind of in a way like how badly the Jedi have messed up and stuff, and that Palpatine had risen right under their noses. I was like, wow, like they're wow, like they actually yeah. went down that route. Yeah, that was really cool. I mean, that and it's great how that you know was just brought up and Luke. You know, was talked about, like I said, talked about that and how it was still a factor so many years after it happened. And uh, even with, like, Luke, the sole remaining alive Jedi at that time, you know, before Rey became trained or anything, um, he, he was like, yeah, like that, that, it, it's the Jedi aren't what, you know, people think they are. They're, uh, they're legends. And, I, you know, talks about how, of course, well, he doesn't talk about it, but Obi Wan wanted to exile. Yoda wanted to exile, and eventually Luke did. And, you know, I guess it, it kind of, it's just interesting to see how, I guess, finally, you know, we have one Jedi who thinks that, or kind of reflects on the whole recent history, and like, oh yeah, like, we, it's time for us to go. Like, we have no more, we have no place left in the galaxy. Yeah, every time the Jedi hit their peak, up comes the, the dark side to meet it, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, you know, I mentioned, uh, where I, I wanted to mention to Jeffrey because he's a, he's a huge Seinfeld fan, <laughs> and you know we looked at each other, uh, me and Corey once once Revenge of the Sith ended, and it was really reminiscent of that scene when Susan dies in Seinfeld, and everybody's just like, "Yep, okay, let's let's go get a coffee. That's done." It was just it was just it was a weird feeling. Like there was no there was no cheering. There was no big uh, there was no big celebration. That wow, that was a that was epic. It was just like okay, that's that was the end of Star yeah. Wars. Let's go home. Yeah. What, what it is a bit of a bummer movie. Uh, you know, the ending is pretty sad. We knew what we were kind of getting into in that regard. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We, we all knew that Darth Vader was going to be made after, yeah. or at some point during episode three. So, Yeah, there was really no spoiling the end of that. So, I mean, the, the Aunt Brew, Uncle Owen thing at the end kind of gave that, that gleam of hope, which is awesome. That was kind of nice end to it all but i mean you still see vader his transformation him standing over the the death star with palpatine which is pretty poignant and that really bad stand-in tarkin <laughs> that poor guy <laughs> that poor guy yeah no wonder they only took a long wide shot of that guy yeah i was gonna say they did so well in rogue one no come on come on george oh <laughs> uh, well what yeah. are you, what are you gonna mean, do right yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird to think now that now like the follow-up movie for Revenge of the Sith is, I guess, I guess it's Rogue One. It comes next in the timeline, uh, but it it really doesn't have, I guess, until of course with the whole Death Star thing. Obviously, it doesn't have that many like tie-ins directly with the characters. Like we talk, you know, we see Jyn or so, and we see like, all these new characters come on. And they didn't really have, you know, at all a role in the prequels or in Revenge of the Sith. It's just no, it's a good thing to do. Sweet. It's kind of a good thing, though, like, in a standalone, like, I mean, they used the Death Star, so we stayed in that, that time frame, but it was nice connective tissue. 
It was. Absolutely. For me, the, the nicest cue out of Rogue One was on Wobani seeing that turbo tank, which was, you know, a, a clone turbo tank being repurposed yeah. as sort of a prisoner oh, yeah. transport. That's true. Yeah. That to me jumped out immediately. I was like, oh, there's a cool little prequel nod. Yeah. But not absolutely. too many of those. But I, I think the thing I like the most about the prequels, and especially Re- Revenge of the Sith as it comes to a head, is uh, Palpatine's plan. I mean, of course, we all knew what Revenge of the Sith was going to, or sorry, the prequels as a whole, just giving rise to Anakin and the fall of the Jedi and Palpatine's rise. But seeing all that unfold was really fascinating for me. Just the way he he bundled up all of his enemies together, and then he built up an, a power base for himself, built an army for himself, then roped the Jedi into this war they should never have been in, and then threw them all into a pot, and he was the only guy left standing at the end. I, the way that played out, I thought, was, was just terrific. Hey, Corey. Yo. Who does Kyle love? Uh, Palpatine. Sidious. <laughs> he's, he's a great villain. What's the matter with you people? You, do. you love him. I just don't know why you won't say it. I love him. He's my favorite. I, I love Palpatine. I love Palpatine. I yeah, love he pretty him. pretty much steals. And Ian McDermott, dude, he steals. Well, that's what I mean. Like, he, he's just played so well. The, what he does is just steals the show, especially in Revenge of the Sith. He steals the show. Well, you know, th- this is one thing, though. Leading up to the movies, we had no real clue as to how it was all going to go down. And I guess in my own headcanon, I had kind of theorized that uh, it would kind of little be more Anakin's choice. Like, he would be manipulated somewhat, yes, but I think he would... I don't know, I just saw him as a different Anakin pre-Vader in my, in my headcanon. Not so easily uh, yeah, manipulated. Well, he was a dumb boy, right? Just a dumb boy plucked off the farm and put into the fangs of, of the biggest shark in the galaxy. He, he had no chance. No, yeah, I mean, he literally all he knew in his previous life was like one person who he you know, could put all of his trust in. And uh, was really, I guess, I, he was very swayed like one way with his emotions. You know, he, was, he just didn't really know how to, you know, it was just completely different. I mean, like, like you said, a farm boy thrown into a planet like Coruscant. And you know, trained in this just this wacky you know force thing, which I'm sure took a while for him to really get used to. And then, like you said, I mean, Palpatine, the most manipulative person in the galaxy. Of course, he was able to take Anakin, you know, fully. It, he had, no, yeah, no chance. He described it perfectly. All, all the ingredients were there. The Jedi just played right into it by by doubting Anakin to begin with and saying, "Well, no, we can't train him. He's he's too old." Yeah. And Palpatine starts leveraging that right away. Oh, the, the Jedi, they're, ah, they're too stodgy. They don't trust you, all that stuff. And just over years, just eroded Anakin's faith in the Jedi. Just, just so, so well played out. He still ratted on him, though, in this film, which is kind of cool. But he does... That's, that's kind of one thing, too. Like, Let's get back to the beginning of the film. That, that battle sequence is obviously epic. Uh, and then that scene where he, he just pulls that amazing move, that slick move, and he chops off both uh, Dooku's hands. This like a flick of the wrist, a little twirl of the sabers. And then he kills him. He lops his head off. But then after, obviously, he needs Palpatine for Padme and the secret of prolonging life and all that stuff. But he tells he tells Mace Windu, like, oh, we have to take him in. Like, we have to, like, he has to be, justice has to be served here. Like, is he trying to atone for his sins there? And then he looks at Mace Windu, and Mace Windu's like, uh-uh. 
like this guy needs to die now. Well, it's right. such an inverted thing, right? It's it's Anakin saying, "No, you can't kill this guy," and he, of course he's being selfish. He wants he wants Palpatine around so he can get learn the secret to save Padme. <clears throat> but for for that flip to happen, for Anakin to not want to murder, and for Mace Windu looking to pull off this execution, there 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 you have it. There's the fall of the, of the Jedi in a nutshell. <laughs> Absolutely, and. And some people say, you know, that, that Mace Windu was, you know, barely a Jedi because of how much he channeled his dark side or channeled the non-light side, however you wouldn't look at it. I mean, I, I think that Mace Windu is such an interesting character because he just, and, and Qui-Gon as well, because they seem to really almost, you know, say the Jedi are the best, but when, like when it comes down to it, like how Jedi really are those characters? Hmm. It, well, that's something that we're, we're kind of coming around to in these last few years, right? Where I think we all kind of gravitate toward Qui-Gon as, as the guy who was probably closest to figuring it out. Like, what would have happened if he had lived? Would things have played out a little bit differently? Or Absolutely. With, with yeah. Qui-Gon there to oversee Anakin and see the rise of Palpatine, I think if anyone would have figured it out, the, the highest chance, it probably would have been um, Qui-Gon. Of course, you know, Obi-Wan and um, not Obi-Wan. Well, I guess him too, but Yoda and Mace Windu figured it out, but it was too little too late at that point. The change had basically happened, and uh, when they decided to finally act there in the 11th hour, it was it was too late, and, you know, the Jedi's just, you know, poof, you know, gone, except for you know, the last hope. I, I would place money, a, I would put, place a bet on the fact that uh, Qui-Gon would probably put himself into exile with with Anakin for a bit and train him up on his own because he 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 knew something was awry, something was up, man. Absolutely. Yeah, the only I mean, it was it was yeah, it was Qui Gon that was pushing for really the, the training of Anakin. I really knew that Anakin was you know a, a force that was going to be super super powerful, and he yeah, and with that, even though yeah, he died and he couldn't do it, but. I think things would have gone a lot differently if Qui-Gon was uh, still around for the rest of the prequels. Even Dooku, if you think about it, because, like, Dooku, he, he, it's not like he was swayed by the dark side prior to leaving the Order. Like, he had his, he had qualms and beefs with the Order and was like, yeah, I'm out. And supposedly he took, like, jet, uh, 20 Jedi with him as well. Yeah. That, the lost 20, and right? I, Yeah. But it's not like he, he turned to the dark side. It's like, he did succumb eventually, but all their motives at first are for for good purposes. Like Anakin as well, like he wants uh, order in the galaxy, and he he doesn't want like pain and all this stuff. And Dooku was in the same vein as well, right? I was, I was gonna say, yeah, but isn't that just a lie they tell themselves? Once they succumb to the dark side, probably, but at first, you know, it's like I mean, it well, becomes. They... No, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. What's his greed begets power and all this stuff? Like, absolutely. Uh, I mean, the, the saying goes: I mean, the the, the road to hell is paved with good with is paved with good intentions. And obviously, they think they're doing good things, and you know, they they tell themselves that oh, you know, people are going to benefit because of what like I'm obtaining. But really, the, the more obsessed they become with um, their their final goal, which of course is the ability to use the dark side of the force, it completely corrupts them, and then it's over. I was going to say that, you know, it could all have been avoided, too, because Dooku told Obi-Wan the truth. <laughs> yes, he did. 
in episode two, he told him the truth. He goes, yep. he's a Sith Lord. He's right there under your noses. And Obi-Wan didn't believe him. So, Flat I mean, out. And that's, that's, that's a funny thing. The, the dark side users always tell the truth, but the, nobody believes them. Exactly. They're, they're, just, they're not credible, really. But they just plainly put it out there and just they, they, the good guys choose to ignore them. That's why that's why I keep telling people when they ask me, do you think Kylo was lying to Ray when he told her she was a nobody? No, I don't think he was lying. No, no, I think he's telling, telling the truth. The truth. Absolutely. Yeah. There, there's no reason for Kylo to lie. Right. Especially so. when the, the truth would be something that would only benefit him. You know, saying, oh, you're just a nobody, you know, but with me, like, you mean something. Like right. that. That's obviously there's no reason to lie about that at all. If if uh, I think if she were a Skywalker, I have to disagree with that. There is a reason for him to lie because that makes her need him. If she actually has a family, then he's not the only one that she needs. But, but if if she, if she comes uh, from nothing, then he's he's the new family that she needs. Right, but if she's a Skywalker, then why wouldn't Luke just kill kill all the Skywalkers? I know he technically is a Skywalker by heritage, but if she were like. A direct descendant of Luke, then I, there's also the chance that he would also just want to kill Ray instantly. Yeah, he I had suppose. the chance. I, I, I'm just like theorizing. I, I think that's a very valid point you bring up, and uh, it uh, is a reason to lie, I guess. But uh, there's so many, like, there's so many different mind games that you know Kylo could or couldn't have been playing when he was talking it's true. to Ray. Like maybe he he saw that her greatest fear is being alone knowing that she comes from nothing right and that's a big thing for her too like like this move this trilogy is about her and her rising to the fore uh, on her own legs right well yeah, i still think the biggest evidence for her being related to or being from these nobody parents is no like nobody of consequence would leave their kid with unkar plot nobody <laughs> Right. Yep. Nobody does that. <laughs> to me, that's that's still the exactly. the smoking gun that she's and just just comes from nothing. Yeah, she'll be good at, good at scrubbing metal. Yeah, wouldn't have. I would think if she were Luke's son or not Luke's son. Oh my god, Luke's daughter. <laughs> um, <laughs> that she, that Luke was. Oh, you're my daughter. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I feel like we would have gotten like if she were that important to uh, um, someone's. You know, she were actually from someone we knew, their bloodline, that someone would have addressed her by now, and that that would be a huge point that one of the characters would have brought up. That's another, I guess, way to look at it as her being a nobody. Yeah. But you, you, you just never know. I mean, there could be a whole plot twist, and it could be just something completely different at nine. I, I have no idea, really, to be honest. No, yeah, I, think, I don't think that decision's made yet, officially. Like, on, I don't think, I don't, I don't know that it's, or if it's made, it's only recently. It's not like yeah. Ryan got to decide. I mean, I'm sure he has sway, but you know, those decisions are still up in the air for everyone, I think, or most people. Well, we know that JJ's pitched his episode nine to Bob Iger and the powers that be. Now, I don't know the, if the script isn't written or, or is it? We, we haven't heard how it was received, though. Yeah, we. I don't know what that means. Like his his he made his pitch for episode nine. I don't know what that means. How detailed is that? Is, is it a script? Is it just sort of his idea for nine? Cause the cameras are supposed to be rolling fairly soon on nine. Or maybe that's been bumped because of the directorial changes. I don't know. 
Mm. But they, they've got to be I, fairly far yeah. along now. I bet they have a storyline at this point. Because I'm sure that they had a storyline, and they probably took in what date what JJ um, had for, and they either they either similar, they lined up, they only need to make minor changes. They either they may match the two, or they may be going with one or the other. But I bet they have some sort of a storyline piece together at this point. If I had to take a wild guess, yeah, I think they've yeah. got it mostly figured out by this point. Yeah, I hope so. Me too. Actually, Kyle, I was gonna go back to what you were saying about. Nobody in the right mind would leave their daughter with Uncar Plot. But didn't they say? Didn't Kahlo say that her parents were just two drunks, filthy drunk traders who traded her for, yeah. for sold her for for drinking money? Yeah. So, Corey, wouldn't you do that? <laughs> oh Jesus Christ, <laughs> dude! I wouldn't sell the world for my kid, man. Honestly, <laughs> everyone else could rot and die. Like I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> oh that's amazing uh, nice nice one i think i think that the idea that no one would leave her with plot uncar plot is is only only makes sense because we don't know the circumstance like yeah nobody would just walk and hand over their child but like you could write a scenario where you hand over we don't know what he said we don't know what the circumstances were if you know i'm just saying if uh, Ray was handed over by someone of consequence. They, there's many scenarios that could be written, you know, dire circumstances where things are happening so fast that they have no other choice. I think. Are you suggesting that Uncle Pluck could be like the Ben Stiller orderly from Happy Gilmore, where he's a sweet man <laughs> one minute and <laughs> total a hole the next? Yes, that is what I'm suggesting. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. But yeah, I'm just saying it's that that is conceivable to me that they could write that if they wanted to. I don't think by the way that she is as much as I want to. And I wanted to believe that she's someone of consequence. I think from what, everything I've read, she's from two drunk, drunk, junk traders. I, I believe that now, but you never know. You never know. It, kind of, yeah. it, it gives the character your like a little more depth too, because again, like that's, that's gotta be an issue for, for, for someone like being an orphan, like man, like my parents like dropped me off somewhere for drinking money, like yeah. holy cow, like yeah, that, that's that's dark side material right there. Like if if Kylo, you know, jabs the knife in and twists a little in that yeah. soft spot, like she's she's got to grow a hard shell, you know. Yeah. You know that's Absolutely. another reason why not to lie. I mean, tell her the truth and you know, dig that knife into her and you know bring out her dark side. Say, hey, you know, your parents didn't give two craps about you. All they cared about was getting, you know, their next high or, you know, drink. So. Ah, but see, again, I see that that as a reason to lie. Because if her parents are, again, of consequence, then that doesn't bring the dark side out of her. And that's his goal. So by lying to her and saying, hey, man, you're nobody. your, Your parents didn't love you and they just gave you away for nothing. That lie, if it's a lie definitely twists her more towards the dark side, right? It's a, well, it's, it's a valid attempt. Right. I'm just saying it's it's, right. a, yeah, it's, it's not a reason definitely... to me not to. Right. right. Guys, this, this is a riveting anything, Revenge right? of the Sith thing. chat. <laughs> well, if we I was just thinking the same thing. Sith, <laughs> we could talk about how Palpatine, you know, convinced Anakin that the Jedi didn't care about him. Oh, they, they, they didn't make you Jedi Master? They don't care about you. They don't trust you. Um... 
And, and, and then you have with Obi-Wan wanting, you know, like, oh, please spy on Palpatine. It's like, I can't do that. You know, he's my uh, friend or uh, eventual master, of course. But, I mean, the the Jedi, or he, Palpatine does a really good job of making the Jedi seem like that, you know, the, the party that almost was kind of his parents or his role models that really just don't care about him and trust him. And that is a, a huge pull factor uh, for Anakin coming over to the dark side. And the Jedi do yeah. a really good job of making themselves look like idiots too. Like, mm-hmm. go right back to to the Phantom Menace where Anakin aces his test, where Mace has his little iPad, and he's <laughs> speeder, a, a ship, a this or that. Yeah. And then they say, "Yeah, no, we're not training him." In front of the right. kid, like yep. maybe Mace just say to Qui Gon, "Qui Gon, you got a minute and duck into the other room here," and just like, "Yeah, we're not going to train him." That's well, it. E- e- it's it's not that it's like you you can say it in front of the kid, but don't renege. After the once you renege and he, then he knows, but you caves anyway. Like Obi Wan just flat out said, "Like I will train him." <laughs> like he's like screw right. you guys. Right. There's obviously not a, a there's not certainty that a, a kid would need at that point. Um, there with the or what appears to be with the Jedi. Well, here, here you have weird. this kid I was, that was taken from home who's missing mm-hmm. his mother, who's got really nobody except this bearded Jedi who he's known for like a couple days. And Padme, I guess, if that has anything to do with it. I mean, he did develop early on that relationship with Padme. Yeah, and, and, and he goes to, he goes to her apartment, right? And he's like, I may never see her again, so I came to say goodbye. So he's got nothing. He's looking for somebody to to take him in. And even now the Jedi right. are saying, nope, don't want him. It's like, oh, yeah. thanks, guys. Well, what, what, what I really find weird about the... Like the the power struggle, what I was just kind of talking about, in the sense that, quite like they're like, nope, we're not training him. And Qui Gon's like, but, 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 and they're just like, nope, nope. And then, you know, Qui Gon's dead. Obi Wan just got promoted from like Padawan to Knight, and he's just like, I'm doing it. Like you guys can't stop me. And they're just kind of like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> like, can't somebody pull rank and be like, no, Obi Wan, listen, this kid's dangerous. You're barely a Jedi, barely. We'll take it from here. Right. Oh, so what do you do with this young Anakin Skywalker if you don't train him? And Obi- like, what do you do with a kid that is supposedly like one of the most powerful Force beings on the planet? Like, you don't just throw him off. I mean, uh, do you return to his mother? Like, what? What? What would you do with a child once you've you decided? Gotta, you gotta. You gotta do it. I'm sure Qui Gon, like I said earlier, was would just scoop him up and bring him somewhere and you know be in exile and train him up properly and give him the good proper wholesome values you drop him off with uncar plot any walking dead fans here <laughs> yeah walking dead yeah <laughs> yeah jeffrey walking remember dead, remember yeah. the episode where carol takes out that girl look look at the flowers oh, yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> that's yeah. what you do with that's anakin actually, if you're not going to train him look at the oh. flowers annie yeah boom <laughs> That is actually one of my favorite um, TV episodes of all time. Oh, that was hard to watch. Uh, that was that was, was. Well, that was quite a, a riveting episode. <laughs> and all of the, the memes Dead. that came afterwards. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> every time I turn around that week, look at the flowers. So Corey, <laughs> if you hear me say "look at the flowers," I mean it. Just look at the flowers, Corey. That's not nice. <laughs> don't look, Corey. Don't look. I won't, James. I won't. Run. So, well, I, I'm curious to know your guys' feelings 
when you first went to see Revenge of the Sith, knowing it, it was uh, the last, that this was it. It was the mm-hmm. end. We didn't even know about Filoni's movie coming or anything else. What what were you guys thinking? Actually, with uh, Tristan, Tristan, you would have been a man. You'd have been really young. Like, didn't I would have been five years old. I would have been five years old. So I oh, wow. would have just been getting into the original trilogy for the first time ever, and not even knowing that prequels are really a thing. Like I knew they were there. I knew that. Oh yeah, look, there's a Star Wars poster. But I didn't. I wasn't able to put together like, oh, like that's gonna be the last Star Wars ever. I haven't even seen, or I would, just would have seen the original trilogy at that point. Yeah. So in context, it makes you don't care. It doesn't make any sense. I, I would, looking back, like on it now historically, like I understand it. But yeah, no, at the time, I had I had no idea what you know the, the significance of like this last film coming out was. Well, what about you, Jeffrey? Uh, I was... The end of the movie was depressed and depressing, and I was depressed. Because, yeah, like you said, it was, it was the Seinfeld moment. And I just looked at my friend and was like, okay, it that's it? And we actually, we actually went to a diner... <laughs> <laughs> and we may have had coffee, but I know we ate. And we just sat there and we talked and like we're like, you know, so you know, this is it. You know, we're not gonna see any more. And yeah, just dark times again. So there was always that faint hope, right? Like well George said you know, he's got he's yeah. got a seven, eight, nine <laughs> plant, maybe he'll do it, but he has sworn that he won't. And I never believed kinda... that. I always thought he would do it. I always thought there were more coming, or like, like you know what? You didn't want to be blamed for it. Like... I, I, when I found out about about Santa, when I found out about about that uh, that whole thing, I refused to believe it. Like I was like, my parents told me that like the whole truth, and I was like, no, no, I don't, I don't buy it. I still believe in Santa, <laughs> and I did for like a few years. I was like, I'm, I just believe in Santa, and so I felt I, I had the same stubbornness with the with the. Seven, eight, nine. I'm like, they're coming. I don't care. They're coming. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. true. I, I never, in the back of my yeah. mind, subconsciously, I don't think I ever really gave up hope. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't yeah, think I, I did agree. either, but it was just like, uh, you know, especially after seeing, you know, like I said before, I had no idea about all the prequel bashing until way later. But, you know, after I heard that, I was like, well, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't blame George if he didn't want to do him again. I'm like, look how they turned on him. I'm like, God. But that's that's true. You know, but you I, know, when they sold it to Disney, when I heard that news, that's when I was like, Oh yeah, we're getting them. Oh yeah, Disney, Disney's not going to sit on this. I still remember when that happened, and like thinking about things like that, like you just said, Jeffrey, about your diner experience and all that, and Kyle too, like. I still remember seeing each and every one of those prequel movies clearly and well, as well as the sequel and the special editions when they finally came back out in theater. But it's, it's all about the memories, man. Like, at least we have that in the long run. If you didn't enjoy, enjoy the film, yeah, whatever. Like, we had the build up to uh, the experience together. And every year it just keeps getting better and better. Like, hanging out with uh, – I have a chance to hang out with James and Kyle and Carlos and – Eric, whoever else decides to come, it's so fun. And that's really the number one thing. And I'll never forget this. Revenge of the Sith, 
uh, I think it was playing in like five or six theaters or something that night. And we were, it, it was a midnight showing, which they don't, they don't do anymore. And so it got out, and it was probably like 3 a.m. And I was living with Kyle at the time. He kind of like took me in. And it took us, oof. We lived about, uh, yeah, it was about a, say, like a 25, 30 minute drive to where we should have been going. And I think it took us like an hour just to get out of the parking lot. Like, I remember Jeeps were like, we're just going over like the curb and like going up hills and like off. And because there was just so many people in that theater that it was just no one was going anywhere. It was gridlock. Total gridlock. <laughs> you remember that, Kyle? Because we're uh, in different cars. Vaguely. Uh, sounds like he was trying to block that memory out. That vaguely sounds like <laughs> no, but I believe you. Well, again, it was like I said, I, I'll, I'll never forget. We got home and it was like four in the morning. And it was like, at least we got to talk about it a little more there. And anyway, again, the memories. That's the best part. Now, didn't didn't the uh, prequel movies, I don't know about the original trilogy, but didn't at least the prequels, didn't those come out like on George Lucas' birthday each time or something like that in May? They were the May release, yeah. Didn't, is, is that, yeah, was that around, a thing? in the same neighborhood as his birthday. Yeah. Okay, okay. It was nice. It was springtime. School was getting out. Uh, it, it, it was yeah, good. Spring. There were good times, man. Yeah, it's true. There's something in the air. Like, you see the seasons changing. So, I have a question for you guys, since you guys have seen the prequels and the springtime release. How does the springtime release feel compared to the December releases now that we're getting those with Disney? It's amazing <sighs> in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah, it's a little sarcasm. No, it's I look. I, I like Christmas. <laughs> I like Christmas Star Wars, but it's so cold here yep. for December release that honestly, I, I like the idea of May Star Wars movies. It's going to be yeah. solo, interesting to solo yeah. With Solo coming in May, it'll be finally interesting to compare the two in the same relative era. Right, right. Because going back to to the prequel era. Yeah, it was springtime. It was nice and warm. You could line up outside as you had to do back in the day. There was no assigned seating. So you right. had to sit with the crowd. And at whatever time your, your showing was, you know, you, you're going to sit outside. Not inside, outside. Um, mm. And now, like with assigned seating, you just go online, you buy your tickets, you show up five minutes before the movie. The experience <laughs> is totally, totally different. So it'll be interesting to I mean, see how that changes now with yeah. Han Solo. Except, actually, I remember, at least for The Last Jedi, people were showing up an hour before, even with the science seating, because they were all, I don't know, maybe they all wanted to have that kind of community hype going into it. People, you know, dressed up. There was, the movie theater had their special, you know, promotions going on. And uh, I think it's it's still there a little bit, at least, like, the whole idea of, like, going and seeing, you know, a Star Wars movie with other people in the community, um, like, together, like, you know, huge Star Wars fans for the first time and. Um, I don't know if this is a thing back in the prequels, and I don't know if you guys saw this, but at least with my showing in The Last Jedi, uh, there was like a special little 15-minute short film like that was talking about like John Williams and how he made kind of the music of Star Wars. Oh, I, heard the the, movie I heard started. about that. I heard about that. We didn't get that. No, our really? theaters suck. <laughs> I got, where we actually... are, there was, just the, there was so little buzz. It, it, it was kind of a bummer, really. Like You'd go and there was a few really? people dressed in costumes, but it wasn't like a mini Star Wars convention where people were like, you could feel any electricity in the building from fans. There was just not none of that around here. Yeah. Really? Spring, uh, the, the prequels were much more, I could feel the buzz again, cause the waiting in line and all that stuff. 
but it, it's going to be really hard to compare. Like, and we really, I think our our choices are kind of a little bit biased this this time around, just because the you know seasonally the, the the temperature could have been better, and there are actual times in December where it's actually quite warm. But it just so happened the past two years, it was the coldest day up to that date, like the coldest day of the year. It was like amazingly cold. But the thing about these releases at this time of year in winter is they coincide so closely to Christmas that they've become very closely intertwined almost with Christmas. So it's 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 nice. You see your friends. You maybe do a little gift exchange. You have dinner. Like uh, I don't know. Like it's there's that Christmas feeling about Star Wars now, which is a really nice feeling. But again, that that spring release, like spring is life and all this stuff and the seasons are changing and it's so nice to come out off out of winter that it's it's going to be hard to compare they they're both half offer different things absolutely mm. and it'll be quite interesting to, i think this is probably the shortest span that you know two different star wars movies have been released it's less than 6 months um which is kind of crazy to think about two star wars movies coming out within 6 months of each other is quite odd if you, if you ask me. It's really yeah, bizarre. Yeah, the, yep. then we're gonna have a long wait. <laughs> yep, yep. Look, there's gonna be there's gonna be new figures from the Last Jedi line still hitting the pegs as Han Solo toys are hitting out. So there's gonna be confusion all yep. over the all over stores. all over the place. I mean, we even haven't gotten a solo trailer yet, and we're you know, and we got like the Force Awakens trailer over a year out, or at least a teaser, like over a year out of the movie. Here we yeah. are. City in January, and we haven't gotten a single bit of like footage of video from Solo. It's really bizarre. Yeah, it is. It's gonna feel strange this Christmas with no Star Wars movie. That's true, and that's one thing I said. I'm gonna be actually really sad next year when that comes around. Uh, we were talking about the night of we saw the Last Jedi. I was like, oh man, next year. Like, I don't want to put a damper on the evening already, but I've already <laughs> thought about it. But either way, like I think we're gonna do something anyway. We'll either go for dinner and like, you know, go watch it at someone's house or something. But I honestly think that we should have like a, like, because it's become a part of us now, you know. Right. Absolutely. It's it's a tradition. Another tradition you form, and you know, the season of tradition. So to have that just kind of done after you know three years of getting it started and having you know a great time with it, it's gonna be gone for a year. Yeah, I was gonna say there you go, Corey. You, you set up the. The time and the place, and we'll be there. No, Corey, Corey's the idea guy. He just makes things up and says, oh, this would be a great idea. Now somebody else do it. <laughs> well, that's, what, that's what Jeff just said. He said, just set up the time and the place. And I'm like, I could do that. <laughs> oh, I wow, you guys you are so far off topic. See, it's crazy. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> Kyle's place. Hey, man, you're welcome. You're welcome here. You're welcome at Kyle's. And I'll speak for James as well. You're welcome. You're welcome here too. I'm gonna to steer us back on topic though, Jeffrey. When you were at that diner, did you have a big salad or regular salad? Tuna I on had, toast. I had the big salad. You know, it's just like a regular salad, only bigger. So, <laughs> is that a meal? I would say it's enough for a meal. A soup's not a meal. That's a fact. A well soup can be fact. a meal. <laughs> 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 you have crackers. Did, did you have crackers with it? <laughs> oh, oh man. Uh, okay. So well, what, 
What are we doing? Revenge rails. of the Sith, right? <laughs> what? What's that? Yoda was in that. He flipped around a lot. A lot of flipping for Yoda. <laughs> it's hard to keep your bearings when you're really flipping around that much. Like, man, the force is with that guy because I'd be. I'd pull a few backflips and front flips, and then I just hold. Oh, hold on! Sick as a dog. <laughs> you can't When's the last time you watched those movies like in succession, where you saw, you know, three and then four, five? Because because those Yodas do not sit well next to each other. Mm. Not really. I, I no, they do not. I think a lot to do with it is the sound that he makes when he's flipping. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he's playing tennis. <laughs> That's, that is an incredible visual. Well, so what do you guys think of Yoda flipping a Battlefront 2? Is, is there anything different with that flipping compared to the movie ones? I haven't even got there yet. I'll <laughs> <laughs> say this about the prequels, though. I, I, I think I can speak for all of us in saying that, you know, uh, he busts it out in Attack of the Clones. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's, it's 2018. You, don't, you can't bust it out anymore. Okay. <laughs> he took it out. Whatever. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Right over Corey's head. I, I, I'm just, I, I know what you mean, but I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, you know, like when we saw that for the first time, like, oh man, Yoda's going to fight. Oh, he's got a stubby saber. Like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that was the official name? Stubby saber? Something like that. Pocket saber. <laughs> Pocket saber. I think it was called Sting. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, I do have a question. What do you guys think? What was the uh, worst part of the Revenge of the Sith? Was it the? Oh, it's easy. Do you guys think the acting was the worst? Was it the directing, the CGI use, the dialogue? Hmm. Uh, well, when I think I think actors for the most part are competent at their jobs, and I typically blame the director for not getting the best out of them. Oh, gee. In Revenge of the Sith, there's one scene. It's cringeworthy to me. And I guess it speaks to Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman's chemistry throughout. It, it's it's the scene on the balcony early on in the film where they're just talking about, oh, I'm so in love with you. It I, I skip that scene every time. It's just, it's... <laughs> it's, it's so I was there. I saw that balcony. I was. I visited that place in Italy. No, no, no that's that. Not that one. Oh no, you're right. Sorry, that's in uh, that's Attack of the Clones. They actually yeah. do pretty well in that scene, <laughs> comparatively. Yeah. Love has blinded you. <laughs> oh no, no, stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, I just yeah, that yeah. that scene is just awful in my mind. I can't. I can't deal with that one. Which which is interesting because one actually one of my favorite scenes. And I know I just talked about like asking you guys about like the least favorite but one of my favorite scenes for the entire saga is the uh like where it turns silent and luke's walk up walks up to the top of the jedi temple and like the meeting room and like gazes out across you know coruscant and then padme walks up to a balcony and gazes right back at him it's kind of like that silent connection that to me was actually a really powerful scene despite what i would agree with just really a bad romance for uh, for the rest of the trilogy man what cut what that couple could have been yeah. Uh, no, I don't know that they ever could have been anything other than what they were. <laughs> I, I just, I don't, I don't know where they could have gone to live out their lives in peace. It's they were, they were both too big. 
Too big personalities, mm-hmm. too too important. I don't think they could have gone and hid. No, I mean, yeah, a, a Jedi just doesn't, you know, walk away without someone noticing. And then a senator, yeah, that's two high-profile positions there in the Republic. Yeah, like, like but, tr- Trouble would have found them, I think, eventually. Absolutely. And talk, you know, did they say they want to go back to, like, Padme's home planet? Like, why would you go back to a uh, home planet, really? Where, you know, that, I don't know. I don't know if, like, that's the thing where hiding in plain sight would have, you know, been better, but... You know, Naboo just wasn't like an under-the-radar type planner, not especially what happened with you know, the Trade Federation and everything with that, but, yeah. Yeah, I know, it would have been tough. I'll tell you one thing that actually not only kind of took me out of the moment and made me upset and still does to this day and actually goes and made its way into the original trilogy is Vader's transformation okay? I get that we have to see that, uh, but the whole Palpatine playing him, being like, "You did this," kind of you know, and he's just like, "No," like yeah, to have that redone in Jedi, like I don't know. That's man. been taken out again, w- though. Really? Yeah, they took that that in the 2011 Blu-ray set. That is not there. Hmm. He, he no, he actually he. Sorry, let me. I think in the two thousand four or five DVDs, he says no, and then no, this whole this, the whole thing. And then in twenty eleven, it's just the small, the short, quiet no, which I think is, is fine. But yeah, yeah that, that, the big that Frankenstein no. Eh. And the way, just yeah. the way the, the, that last scene in, in Sith was filmed too. Like, I get again that we have to see the creation. And the genesis of Vader, but you know, I get it, he's got to find his legs too. He gets off this thing and he seems very unstable, but the camera's shaky too. And I don't know. And like, it's super... like a little bit of a, a, like a found footage horror film there for just a minute. You know, <laughs> yeah, some think. something's weird about the way it's filmed. Like, I don't know what it is exactly, but uh, there's well, something about that scene. Well, here's the thing that happens. So th- that no, everybody kind of laughs at it. And I laugh at it too because it's it is kind of weird to see Darth Vader doing that. <laughs> I say, okay, you tell me what Vader should have done. What what should he have said? And no, I, 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 I just I just get blank stares back. Like, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if I don't know, would he have even been able to really speak at that point? I mean, he just got burned in a volcano. I mean, were his? Well, at, at this point, he knows that Palpatine played them all. Like. That's what he should have been like. I'll kill you. <laughs> exactly. I, I honestly, maybe he would have gone after Palpatine. I, I don't know. Well, in the comic, uh, Darth Vader Volume Two, in that first mm-hmm. issue, he when he freaks out like that, I don't know how he snuck it in there, but Charles Soule had a scene where he just like Vader just kind of force pushes around the room and throws Palpatine across the room, and then like <laughs> Palpatine, you know, it's like hitting Negan. You just, you just. It's not gonna happen. So he just he, he force lightning zaps him. It's a really yeah. cool scene. If you guys haven't checked that out, that that book is uh, the whole series is insane. I do need to check it out, and I love that Walking Dead reference. I, I'm ready for the. I know this is off topic, but I am ready for the <laughs> mid season premiere of uh, season eight. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they've lost. They're close to losing me. Really. 
I feel, oh, I feel like maybe, yeah, after, like, they finish up with Negan, like, I don't know what would be, like, what's going to happen next once that story is finished. But Yeah, I think I've just had enough now. And especially with, you know, I don't, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who may watch or who's listening that hasn't seen it, but what they did in that mid-season finale, I was like, really? Wow. You okay. You didn't like that? I, I thought that that, I mean, it, it it's kind of, I, I mean, I thought it would have ha- happened at some point. See, I thought, I thought... Well, I can't really speak any further on that without spoiling it, but right. I thought that that character was going to be somebody that we at at the end we go, oh yeah, this, this is what the this is what that whole struggle was about, and it's yeah, it ain't going to be that. No, maybe maybe the struggle will be for nothing. Who knows? Oh jeez, we'll see. We'll have to we'll have to watch and see. What if? Yeah, that would be that would be something. Hey, yeah. so how about those I, I, them Star Wars, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What did you guys think of the uh, the world building building River to the Sith? Did you guys like it? Did you guys not really? Do you guys not really care about that whole aspect of Star Wars? I'm curious to see what you guys thought of well, that whole element of seeing all the different worlds throughout the movie. I have to say, like one of the best things about the prequels to me personally is seeing those kind of planets and finally, like we had read Kyle and I anyhow had read a lot of this um, expanded universe stuff, so seeing Coruscant on screen and seeing that it, the planet itself is a city is like, whoa! Like, that's pretty cool. Like, like stuff like that. Yeah, Absolutely. I adore that kind of stuff. Like, I love seeing new planets in Star Wars. Uh, planets we've heard about, like Corellia, I think we're finally going to get to see it in Solo, which is I'm super so. stoked about. There's no way you, it could live up to your expectations. You want You want so much for that. I, I'm curious to see what you think of what they do with that planet in, in Solo, Corey. Oh, I've I've already kind of changed my tune, man. Like I have a feeling now when I've seen these Corellian towns, I, I I really have a feeling that Corellia is like a. It's, a not, it's not so hospitable as you were hoping, eh? Yeah, exactly. It's more like a not a junk planet, but like a like kind of like Detroit. <laughs> okay. Wow. There's, there's gonna be there's gonna be some some, some race issues going on possibly. He, uh, no, he, he's loopholing it, James. He's loopholing it. I just Not see it kind of being more like uh, the Motor City in a way, you know, like uh, yeah, you said it's where already. they fabric fabricate <laughs> ships and all this stuff. And uh, anyone who kind of lives there, it's it's an industrial planet. There you and go. People, <laughs> yeah. Pe- pe- people who live there are, you know, they're all going to be into cars and racing and stuff like that. No, yeah, it'd be no, very, very interesting. Slap a disclaimer on this this episode. <laughs> Every episode, Corey's in. You didn't know that. It is interesting because I mean, yeah. Detroit for a while when it was first going with Ford, they had banned motor racing. Actually, but I don't know. We'll see. Of course, hey, now it's six Red Wings, man. Come on. Uh oh, Jeffrey. Hold Jeffrey back. Corey's talking yes. about the Red Wings. And we we beat him for the cup. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I love the new planets. I I think I like almost every planet in the prequels. This this was sort of Lucas's crazy imagination unchained. Right? You know, in, in the OT we yeah. got pretty basic planets, right? Desert, ice, forest. Okay, I mean they're indelible for us. We love them all. But what we saw finally in the prequels was was just not so environments, full planet cities, full planet oceans. It, it's it was it was great. I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't. I don't know. There's so many awesome planets to choose from. 
um, like as your favorite from just the whole prequel trilogy, especially in Revenge of the uh, Sith. Like Kashyyyk was beautiful, absolutely beautiful planet with the Wookiees and everything, and the really you know gigantic trees and mountains right into the oceans. I thought was just beautiful worlds, and of course Mustafar was also an awesome planet, even though of course it was all lava. But it was really cool to see just all these sorts of different you know environments and Utapau with you know the gigantic hole that a civilization had formed through, and it was. It was really cool to see all these kind of different worlds come to life. I, that's that's to me that's almost half of Star Wars is kind of being in these really really cool, you know, sci-fi-ish, you know, far away places that we can never imagine on Earth. Isn't it weird that all these planets seem to have the same gravity? Everywhere yeah. you go in Star Wars, it, it is almost the same. I, you can't do that. <laughs> Don't start doing that. Don't pull those threads. That was for you, James. Don't do that. <laughs> I mean, we, we could we could assume they have the same gravity. I mean, we could always think the Wookiees are stronger because they have a heavier gravity on their planet. Uh, I don't I don't know. Yeah, and how, how about all the atmospheres being the same? Yeah, that's pretty. How is there any breathable right? air on Mustafar? There's no trees. Yeah, that's <laughs> realistic, ain't it? Come on. I mean, it is. There, I, how? How would a you know a planet completely covered by volca- volcanoes and ash and lava? How would that be suitable for humans to breathe? Yeah, <laughs> yeah seriously. Yeah, we, we can we can ruin Star Wars for ourselves if we want to pick it apart that way. Exactly. <laughs> it's space okay. science. You just gotta accept it. Yeah, you just go with it. Yep. I mean, wouldn't Coruscant eventually just you know get polluted to? Wouldn't everyone just be polluted to death at that point? There's nothing left of nature, and it's all city. All of their moons are just big trash dumps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've got it all figured out. Well, they, no, Star they, have, I mean, they have they... air scrubbers, as they're called. There you go. In the atmosphere mm-hmm. in, 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 on Coruscant to clean the air. Well, the, don't they also have Mega Maid? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. That's space balls. She's okay. gone from suck to blow. To blow. <laughs> Oh, that's oh uh, god! Let's not go back uh, there. We just we talked I about mean, spaceballs last summer, and then the three of us just going, "Oh, that, that's such a good joke! It's so good for a good hour and a half." <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised. Surprised, Quago, I didn't get malaria in Naboo. <laughs> <laughs> what's, that, what's that? What's um, that in the Clone Wars series? They had the blue. Was it blue shadow virus or something? Oh yeah, the blue. Yeah, shadow. yeah, yeah. That was that was quite. The episode with that wacko doctor that was, oh that was on goodness. Naboo, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. I mean, it's kind of and interesting they... how all the human races <laughs> also form the exact same way. Right? Yeah, the, I mean, the, <laughs> the walking dead zombie type things from uh, after the arc with the on Geonosis, these kind of oh. like things were kind of like up their yeah, noses, yeah, <laughs> those snakes. It, I don't. I don't know honestly how I feel about like zombies in Star Wars. I feel like it's. I guess it's cool. And there also was that book written like the Death Troopers or whatever, where that whole Star Destroyer was taken over. Have you guys heard about that? Um, it's kind of like this whole Star Destroyer was like zombified by something. Well, I, I kind of get it in the sense that like Filoni, they you know they they got a few seasons to flesh out here, and they they kind of went genre. You know, they do a lot of... Actually, the Clone Wars is great for that in the sense that they do a lot of different things like that. Like, it wasn't necessarily my favorite arc, 
but it's interesting to watch because they really do play on that old school horror vibe, you know? Yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. And it, it definitely changed things up. It gave, gave us something like different to uh, watch and enjoy. But I mean, it's, it's just interesting to see like these zombie like creatures, I guess it would make sense for them to exist in a different galaxy. I mean, you know, any, I guess any virus that would have the capability of doing that, you know, could happen anywhere. But it was cool. It was definitely cool to see that. Looking what? back on it, it was just weird and different, and just yeah. So, what were you guys looking forward to most, like going into Revenge of the Sith? Was it to see that final battle between Obi Wan and Vader, or like my thing was Order sixty six? I want to see that play out. Well, how did you did you know about Order sixty six prior? Well, I didn't, I didn't know he'd be. I don't think I knew it would be called Order 66 unless I had spoiled myself. I don't remember. But you knew that the Jedi were going to be wiped out. So was, You didn't necessarily know it was the clones that were going to do it. No, I just I knew somehow somehow that the Jedi were going to get wiped out in this movie. And I, I, that was, I, I really wanted to see how that was going to happen. Well, me, me, I have to say it's definitely the, the battle between Obi-Wan and Anakin because that's one thing that... You know, once we really got into Star Wars, like, we were young men, and then finally it built up to this whole thing. We heard about the prequels, so probably like 12, 13, 14 years old, whatever, we started like digging, doing research, and and there was this is all pre-internet, so it was all kind of word of mouth and whatever you can get your hands on, and we heard there was some kind of like lava battle between Obi-Wan and Anakin, and that's why Vader was like that. So it was like, we're finally going to get to see this lava battle, you know? That is very interesting, and I guess I, as not, you know, going to the theaters and watching it, um, I kind of, like, was able to put together the pieces with everything, like, from anything from, like, screenshots of the movie, even, to, like, just hearing people talk about it, so everything wasn't, like, a complete surprise. I had seen clips, you know, of The Revenge of the Sith, so I really didn't have that whole, like, I was, you know, didn't know what I was walking into, and I just wanted to see something happen. Like, for me, it was just kind of watching what I already knew, and, like, really what I had already almost felt like I've seen before. So I don't really have that experience, unfortunately. I have to say one of the things I was really looking forward to is one of the things we, are, we, we sort of poked fun at, but I wanted to see Yoda let loose. I was really, I was like, this, you know, I think there's a good potential that we're going to see Yoda light it up and, and show what he can do. And I thought that was going to be a lot um, cooler. You <laughs> <laughs> can lay it too. Than it was. Uh, yeah. Luke and Leia, in my opinion as well, like I think I don't I don't know what we thought we were gonna see of them in this film, but uh, yeah, at least we see them see them born. It's a shame to see Padme die after. It seems like uh, Leia has an eidetic memory, in the sense that she still remembers her mom, but uh, I don't know. Like seeing them born and Luke passed on and Leia passed on to. Uh, Oh my god. Uncar plot. Fail. Fail <laughs> <laughs> Organa. Like that that that's pretty good stuff right there. Like that's good connective tissue. But uh yeah, the film and all that I'd have to say the Revenge of the Sith is it's like George was starting to get his legs back under him, you know what I mean? Like having been out of the game for quite some time, 
uh, starting it all again with the Phantom Menace, which I don't know, I, I still lean toward more, and I think it's more a nostalgia thing at this point. My favorite too, Corey. I don't know why I, I like the best of the of the three. I think it's just brighter, um, and Qui-Gon. just again, yeah, Qui Gon too. But it was the fact that it was coming back, and it was the hype building up to that that moment. And you know, for a lot of people, it it. The, sequel, the prequel trilogy let us down, so I think by the, maybe by the time of Revenge of the Sith, people weren't so much as excited, which is sad to say. As well, that's that's another thing about that film, but the, all in all, it's, it's definitely, to me, best film-wise. It's, it's darker, it's more Star Wars than any of the other two in that trilogy that we can compare to the others. But, uh, yeah, it's still a great movie, and I actually watched it. I hadn't watched it in years, which I'm kind of ashamed to say, but it had been a, a probably, I wouldn't even say five years maybe. I hadn't seen it, and I watched it twice recently, uh, once in October and then once again around the Christmas time. Well, that's, I haven't, yeah, it's it's been probably, I haven't watched it, of course, 2018 yet, but I watched it later in 2017, and... Like, I know, like, a lot of people were disappointed by the prequels, but, like, as a kid watching it, like, like six, seven years old, I couldn't really tell quite yet about, you know, like, poor CGI and, like, you know, modern technology and oh, all that. Oh, for sure, to- dude, it was meant for that. It was meant for you. Like, it wasn't meant for the kids that kind of grew up with it. Like, and that's what makes me so happy is that seeing it now through my kids' eyes, through Kyle's kids' eyes, and, you know, like, they look at it and they're kind of like, they get it, and we're just like... Ah, okay, like yeah, George. like as, like uh, same with I guess like little kids, and I didn't mean to interrupt. But, like saying like little kids almost seem like they're enjoying the the sequels more than they are any other trilogy as well, which is interesting. And I guess that's a good sign. Yeah, I have to agree there. Yeah, I, I think people kind of gravitate to what is nostalgic for them. I, I, yeah, I, that, for most people, true. I think. Like Tristan, I, I I think you know having listened to you guys a lot, I, I I think I can say that you're a bit of an outlier, and that the OT is probably more up your alley than the prequels. Is that accurate? Um, I would say so. I would say I enjoyed the the original trilogy more than I enjoyed the prequels. Yes. Yeah, which I think I don't know if that makes you in a minority among your age group, but I, I tend to think in my brain. Like people, you know, Kyle. I think you'd be surprised in 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 the younger than him age group, like the high school kids. They're all about the OT. Okay. Current current high yeah, schoolers there, there are, are all there about are the OT. Of, I mean, a, lo- a lot of like my buddies that uh, I watch Star Wars with, they really enjoy. Um, they really actually enjoy the original trilogy, and they enjoy the new stuff. And the prequels, I feel like it's like at a halfway point to where like. Some kids like love them a lot. Some kids hate them, and some kids are just kind of they're just kind of there for them. And, and it's not really anything like this hated, ruining Star Wars. It's not like this glorifying like, grand trilogy of Star Wars. It's just kind of there. But it would actually you you may be surprised, and I don't know. Like I don't know if I could. You know, I can't tell you you're surprised because this is you know how just how I am. But there are actually are a lot of kids that do are really into the, the original trilogy i was surprised Tristan, when i started asking like i teach high school and when i started asking kids about it in the last couple of years i was shocked frankly how many of them had just even knew about the ot and then furthermore like preferred it of, of all their star wars movies so yeah 
yeah. I wonder I mean, how much of that is is those teenagers, those you know, thirteen, fourteen year old kids, <laughs> being pounded by their parents who grew up on the OT. This is Star I'm Wars, sure kids. Sit it. down. I'm sure that's part my, of it for my, sure. My parents, they never like expressed which one they liked more, one over the other, until I'd seen pretty much every movie. Now my mom had always told me, you know, she liked Episode Five the best, but she didn't say, oh, the prequels, you know, were garbage or anything like that. Um, they just kind of showed it to me and let me form my own opinion. And I don't know like this will help, but I can give you like a quick like kind of my top Star Wars movies are actually <laughs> my top three are A New Hope, Rogue One, Revenge of the Sith. Like those are actually my top three. Um, so yeah. it's quite interesting. Yeah, that's a good. Mix. Yeah, I love I, I love looking at people's uh, lists of film. Like a lot of you, you always notice people in that are middle aged people and and up. I think ESB or Empire Strikes Back is right at the top of the list for everybody. But I love seeing diversified lists and how it changes. All these lists are so fluid as well. That's the best thing, man. Like, mine changes all the time. Absolutely. I mean, The Last Jedi, when I, when I saw it, like, the first time, I think I probably would have rated it first or second. But now after watching it, like, a couple of times, it's actually fallen to about fifth or sixth, to be honest. Wow! You're the first person that I've heard say that. Everybody who watches it more often likes it more. Except it, exactly. you and it's me. Weird. I've, same, same. I, I actually quite liked it coming out of the movie, I thought. And it's it's uh-huh. tumbled to the very bottom of my list since. Yeah, it's weird. The more I think about The Last Jedi, the more I watch it, the less I like it. Same. Which is scary. It's scary. It's like, oh, I don't want to touch anything because I don't want to, like, just spoil it for myself and ruin it. But the more I think about it, like, the less I like it, which is just, it's weird. Mm. But, I always feel yeah. guilty, like, putting out a list somewhere sometimes, too, because, like, it always sadly seems to be that the the prequels, all three of them kind of stick toward the bottom, you know? Yeah, I, I can understand that, that guilt, which, to me, like, it's, it shouldn't be a good though. Like, you like what you like and you don't like, you know, if you don't like it, then, you know, of course, you're not going to rank it high. Um, but I, yeah, I, I almost feel guilty because people always... Talk about, oh, Rogue One wasn't even, like, a top five Star Wars movie. For me, it's, like, either tied for first or, like, second, right behind A New Hope. But for me, Rogue Rogue One was just such an awesome Star Wars film that, for me, ranks really, really high still to this day, a year after, over a year after. But Definitely did the first standalone proud. Definitely, I think so. I think it set the bar pretty high for standalones, in my opinion. I think it gives you know solo a pretty high expectation because like this is what you can do with a standalone film and it turned down amazing so you know what are we going to get with solo it'll be interesting just i'm curious do you think if uh rogue one had a lightsaber duel it would be number one like is that the part of what's missing because a lot of people who really liked it had that sort of one i wish it had a little more lightsaber jedi in it was that your thing or, or that's not it no, no, th- that's that's not it for me. Um, I almost liked it more because there wasn't a lightsaber fight, and it was more than just lightsabers clashing. There, there was more to like the the story or the characters than like a, a lightsaber, which I really appreciated from Rogue One. Cool. It's very similar. Uh, I think James can attest to this. It's very similar to. Lord of the Rings in that sense, where it's more the people kind of deciding the fate of everything instead of, like, always believing in something and but then everyone comes around. Absolutely. Yeah, I posted something about that today, about Gandalf's magic 
and people are always like, well, why didn't Gandalf just magic more? But uh, yeah, the, the, the point was to uh, highlight the strengths of all the characters. That, that yeah, was his magic. Make, make people come to I mean, the realization I mean, themselves. Yeah, that's it. So, some people also, I think, like the action element that a lightsaber brings, like that, that combat. Um, no doubt. I don't, know, I don't know if like, this makes any sort of connection, but my favorite sci-fi films, or really my favorite films inside of Star Wars, are actually the Blade Runner films, and those aren't action-focused. So I don't know if that relates to me. Like, oh, there's not a lightsaber fight. Oh, no big deal at all. That's perfectly fine. I, no, because no I can way, really... man. 20, yeah. Blade Runner 2049 and original Blade Runner. Like, I'd say the first one's slow. They're both a little slow, but oh, 2049 is, I'd have to say, a masterpiece. No, I, the, I, the first one, too, visually, both of them visually are, are just stunning. Absolutely. I would say that Blade Runner 2049 actually is probably the favorite, my favorite like film I've seen in theater like in this decade. To be honest, like it's wow. just to me, 2049 is one of the best, if not the best, movies ever made. It's good. It's definitely good. And Denny Villeneuve, man, I hope he gets his hands on a Star Wars film. Oh my gosh, I could only, I could only dream of that. <laughs> that would be absolutely phenomenal. I loved Arrival, and of course, I've said how much I love 2049 already, but if he got to do a Star Wars film, I would just be uh, that wow. I couldn't, I couldn't think of just how so someone asked him that. Someone asked him about it recently. Kyle had brought this up. Uh, basically, they were like, like, would you? And he was kind of like, yeah, if I kind of had creative freedom. I don't right. see why oh. not. Gosh, I would give him more than that. I'd give him everything he wanted <laughs> to, to make that. Just do what you did with Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Like I don't need a fast, intense Star Wars film for it to be good, or any film. If if he made it to the pacing in the same kind. Oh, someone dropped. Someone just fell off that call. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't me. I'm still here. We lost our host. I think. I think that was Tristan. We lost Tristan, the host. Yes, we did. There he is. <laughs> did, I, did I drop out of the call? You yeah. dropped out. I did. That's solid. You know, Which like when the, the, I'm, I'm a line Texas, of ants just sort of loses its way. We're like, ah, what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know where I cut off at, but I, I was uh, you, you said um, we're here this week with Kyle and Corey from the Tumbling Saber. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I I was ranting at that point, so it's probably good that the call dropped me. Uh, get the get everything refocused back on. Yeah, we were so. we were sort of babbling about Denis Villeneuve, which selfishly, as three Canadians from from the province of Quebec, I would love that. I would love me to see too. a hometown boy get, know, a, get a Star be, Wars movie. It would be a match made in heaven, absolutely. We would stalk that guy. We would. I would drag him here to Tumbling Saber Studios. We would sit and have a chat. <laughs> Hello, Kyle. Now you're starting to sound like me. You. We wouldn't invite you. <laughs> you'll never get him on your. You'll never get him on your show then. I would. I would take your place, Corey. Sold. It's okay. For we a big can talk about Denny Villeneuve, but me and Denny Villeneuve will be out having a beer, talking. <laughs> so. I'm I'm curious. Would you guys like? Would you guys like to see a more of maybe a, a slower paced Star Wars film, like in Blade Runner, just one that really focused on, as you can see, the people and just like focused on a really deep theme, kind of like Blade Runner does. Would you guys like to see that in a Politics? Star Wars movie? 
Could that be the theme? <laughs> I mean, I we kind of got that with the prequels. The prequels mm-hmm. are pretty politic-heavy, in my opinion. I think, I think slower paced in Star Wars, it, it, while it probably makes for like more artistic movies, won't wouldn't sell the 1.5 billion that they're looking for. I, I don't think. That's true. That's I true. Because I think yeah. you need the action. That's true. No, it's they're usually blockbusters, but hopefully we can get some genre pieces in there and diversify it a bit. I think that's what the standalones should be about, not make the same thing over and over Absolutely. again. Like, I think you know we can have the spy movie. We can have if if we've learned anything. And sorry to cut you off, but if we've learned anything with all the drama surrounding Rogue One and trying to snap that back into tone, and then with Lord and Miller being bounced out of out of Han Solo for making something that was too funny or too too comedic and out of line. It seems like they want Star Wars to feel like Star Wars. So, once upon a time, yeah, we did think, oh yeah, they can do a, a Star Wars horror and they can do a Star Wars comedy. Star Wars Star Western. Wars. Yeah. They don't. They're not doing any of that. They might infuse little bits of that, but Star Wars is becoming a genre to itself. And it's it's got to kind of it, at, at this point anyway. It feels like everything has got to feel like it's coming from the same place. I, my take. I definitely no. I, I definitely agree with that. With that, that they're moving towards a more, I guess, just a, a one type of you know movie. Um, because, like you said, with all the controversies with the directors, I mean, they seem to be keeping it really in the realms of Star Wars and not branching out too far. Yeah, and I, I still, you know, when I talk about the Obi Wan standalone, I've you know I've long said that I, I kind of hope that we get like give me a three hour Obi Wan movie that feels like Lawrence of Arabia. Or a Western. Or a Western. Give it to, that, give uh, it to but, Christopher Nolan. Oh, jeez. Wouldn't that be something? Three-hour Obi-Wan Christopher Nolan. Yeah, it'd be great. There would be something else, that's for sure. But, again, they probably won't do that. Like They would have to... Maybe that could be a component of it. They could call it the, the Lawrence of Arabia of Star Wars movies. But, they, yeah, they would have to put in a bunch of action somehow. Did you guys see Dunkirk quickly? Did I not. Did. Oh, man. Do it. Do it. It's just awesome. Best movie I've seen all year. And I it mean, was definitely the last 12 a months. very high contender. Dunkirk was it's good. phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Well written, well acted, well shot. Just good everything. It, it, how is Harry Styles? Amazing. Nice. It, uh, yeah, Dunkirk, and I don't want to get too off topic, I'll just say Dunkirk felt like you're actually... Witnessing the event, sitting in it, yeah, more than witnessing. Yeah. Even like it, they really dropped you into the to the feeling part of the movie, which was, absolutely. Yeah, I hope they mention Canadians quite a bit. <laughs> they do not. <laughs> interesting, very interesting. Jeff, are you? Yes. We have not heard much out of you, man. No, I'm just I'm just listening to you guys go. <laughs> what 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 have you thought uh, as far as like Revenge of the Sith um, impacting the trilogies? Do you think that it is one of the more important pieces because it brings together like a lot of it really connects the prequels to the original trilogies? Do you think it's possibly you could almost argue the most important Star Wars? Maybe it's not the best, but the most important Star Wars movie as far as like storyline goes. It. I would I would say yes, just because you know it's the whole you get to see the whole common you know combination of Anakin becoming Vader, and you get to see the showdown between Obi Wan and Anakin, 
And of course, the birth of Luke and Leia. Palpatine's yeah. master plan. Yeah, you got to sort of look at that movie as as the birth of Darth Vader, and and he's arguably the most important character in the first six movies. So, important wise, yeah, maybe it's the most important film. I think that might be a true statement. Yeah, definitely, absolutely, yeah. you can say that about that movie. I I I don't know. I don't know if you guys are one of these people, but. Whenever someone says that they want a Darth Vader standalone film, it kind of makes me want to like bash my head in the wall because I yep. know we've already gotten six of those. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's been it, like, it's been done in two different comics. Like since it's canonized, we got two different strains of comics. He's in the Star Wars comic. Uh, he was in Rogue One, and he's been in six films. So yeah, uh, we're getting isn't that, isn't that like what is Luke left to tell about Vader? Yeah, I agree with Jeff. Like, yeah, we, yeah, we've seen Vader's story. We're good to go. Yeah, I, I think what people yeah. want, and what they, I don't think they would get, is just Darth Vader rampaging for two hours, killing <laughs> stray Jedi. <laughs> yeah, and that, yeah, that, that doesn't make. I don't think they that they makes would, a very good story. I mean, it may make for a good. It makes a good movie. video game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's a perfect video game. Planet Vader, like Planet Hulk, The Purge. Yeah, I mean, that would be an incredible video game. Just going around as Vader slashing Jedi. Who yeah. wouldn't, you know, that would be a That great... should be a code in, like, Vice, uh, Vice, not Vice City, but Grand Theft Auto play as Vader. Like a Vader mod or something. That would be... Yeah, the, you know? the copters come, you get the five stars, the police are chasing you, just bring the copters down out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And, of course, I guess we saw very little, if any, of Jar Jar Binks in Revenge of the Sith. I know Jeff's a fan of Jar Jar, but what did you guys think of Jar Jar, what little he had to do in Revenge of the Sith, and just overall in the whole trilogy? Kyle loves him more than Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, when, when I first saw Phantom Menace, I had close to the same reaction as many other people my age. Like, what, what is that guy? And I remember seeing, <laughs> I remember like in like mag like industry magazines, and they were showing like concepts of what Jar Jar could be and the type of character he would be, and I was like, "What? Okay." He reminds me of my brother. Then when they saw him, saw him in the trailers, and I was like, "Oh God, okay." There was a lot of things that struck me as weird, like Padme's painted face. Like I'd never seen that before. That didn't seem Star Warsy to me, but okay, here we go. And then, yeah, he, he, I mean, George walked him right out of that trilogy quickly. But I, overall, as I get older, I kind of soften on him. And then I, I look at him in, in Attack of the Clones and how Palpatine again manipulated him into uh, calling for that vote to give, to give him uh, emergency powers, which would allow for the creation of the army, which was already created that nobody really questioned. But I digress. Um, and then by Revenge of the Sith, like he, had no role. Right. The, that's the saddest part about that character is, again, like, I was 18 when the Phantom Menace came out, so I was like, oh, man, I I want I hate this Jar Jar. Like, oh, my God, like, George, what have you done? He's, he's kind of grown on me in the sense that, you know, my boy's five years old now, and he saw Jar Jar, and he freaks out for him. So my love for him has changed. What the, the fact that's sad is that it was he was received so poorly that George wasn't necessarily able to fulfill his true destiny or George, uh, Jar Jar's true destiny. Like he just kind of wrote him out. Like, I think there was more for him 
but we just couldn't get there because there was such an upheaval. Do you think he had a destiny as a Sith Lord? <laughs> God, I hope not. Yeah, God, no. <laughs> hey, hot take, but you know, I, I didn't hate Jar Jar, like, at all when I watched the movies the first few times. Like, I had to learn to hate him. I, everyone else convinced me he sucked. But I was like, oh, he's an alien. He talks funny. Like, his CGI was decent for the time, I thought. I, I didn't hate yeah. him at all. No, I I, uh, I remember seeing him for the first time when I was little, and I just thought he was he was just there, like he wasn't. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, when you're a kid, you know, six year old, you, you know, it's like you're you're annoying as a six year old. You know, you don't think of really about much like that. So Jar Jar is just like a another one of them that he doesn't really stick out like a sore thumb compared to like how an adult would view him. But like over time, so it's like I saw the hate for him, like I understood it, but it's almost like I just have this like, solid wall of Jar Jar toleration to where I just tolerate him. Good for you, man. I'm anything. happy to hear that. Uh, yeah, I don't have, like, any negative thing against him. He, he's just, like, toleration without any hate, really. I, I kinda, it just reminds <laughs> me of my son in the sense that you said Revenge of the Sith. You were, like, five. So, I mean, my son's five right now, and I've shown him stuff on YouTube about Jar Jar, and he's seen him in the Clone Wars, and I don't know. He, he just he eats it up. Yeah. So he's, it's good, man. I, I, he was and he was fine to me, like in the uh, the Clone Wars, like the TV show, like they, they didn't really make him as I don't, like extreme. You could say exactly like um, they learned their lesson, right? And um, honestly, I don't mind Jar. Like I would like if Jar Jar had just like kept up like that, I would mind more content with Jar Jar really in it at this point. Like I said, I don't have like like sure it's not my first choice. You know, it would be. I've I've always joked and always just hoped that like one day we get like a troll where we get like this Jar Jar standalone film, um, <laughs> which would be great. Uh, I really I just I'd love to see the reaction to like some official news source talking about like this just major Jar Jar film or why did Jar Jar out. get get it, get kicked out of the Gungan Kingdom? Right, <laughs> a Jar. We, we that's something we need a Jar Jar trilogy for, in my opinion, a, a standalone trilogy. Ryan Johnson. If you're listening to this, please make your trilogy about uh, <laughs> the, the, the Jar Jar getting banned out from the Gungan clan. That's, that's what we really need as Star Wars fans. How small was that community that everybody knew the Klutz? Like, it was like a, the <laughs> yeah. size of a high school. <laughs> yeah. we, we all know George's, uh, George's, uh, Jar Jar's fate, right? Yeah. Anybody read the Aftermath books? Yeah. I didn't, um, I didn't read I, it, but I, heard, I know I've, about it. Yeah, I know about it. Poor guy. I don't know about it. He's a he's a street, street clown. performer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like a street performer, right? Like he like juggles and stuff, and does like all these tricks. Yep. And That's... the kids love him, and the parents hate him. And he's basically a street corner bum kind of guy. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty Working much. for the change. And I know I didn't know whether to think that was sort of a a, a slap to the character, or. If it was sort of like a, a little, um, I don't know. It's like, fitting, in my opinion. Yeah, was it fitting to the character? Because when you read that, the end of that book, or wherever that interlude with Jar Jar is, he's still the same guy. He's still happy. He's still cheerful, and he gets attention from this from this kid, who kind of latches onto Jar Jar, and it's still the same Jar Jar. He's still this very positive guy. I was like, oh, okay. I, I, I guess I'm down with this. Yeah, what does doesn't he like end up like? I don't want to sound like too weird, but doesn't he like end up like running off with the kid or something like that? 
Yeah, they're just, like, yeah, they, they just kind of like wander they, off together. Yeah, that that's yeah. that's weird to me. I'm, <laughs> that's weird. Get, got some candy in my van. Yeah, exactly. You should have some candy. <laughs> oh no! Just, just the thought of like Jar Jar and a kid just wandering off into the woods or something just just disturbs me. I don't know. It's just weird that ending. Just oh, now so you know it's strange. getting late. <laughs> <laughs> Going into the. Canto cast after dark. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's. I don't know, but it's a fitting. It's a fitting kind of after story of you know the aftermath of what happened to him and was probably honestly pretty traumatizing for him while he was in the Senate. But I mean, he had no yeah. business being there, did he? Of course not. No, no, of course <laughs> it's not. It's a popularity vote. Was it even popularity, or did Padme just kind of shove him in there on her own, like, power? Well, it was after the, the battle of uh, of Naboo, kind of. Like, everyone was like, Jar Jar's the man! Yeah, he, was <laughs> General Binks, wasn't that what he ended up becoming from the Gungans? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yes, Boss Nass made him bombad general. <laughs> oh, like, they, they must have had some other Gungan who... Or maybe that was their way to get him off planet. Maybe they just like, okay... Like he 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 redeemed himself. He he fought a good fight for us. Here's a good way to get rid of Jar Jar forever, guys. Let's send him yeah. to Naboo as our rep. Cool. Padme, it's your problem. Absolutely. I mean, right? He's a friendly guy. He's he's gonna make us look friendly. I guess. I, I I don't know. It's interesting. Just that whole how he came to be like that. You know. But yeah. Oh, Boss Nass put him as Bombad General because he was hoping he was going to get killed off in the battle. <laughs> yeah, lead us in, Jar Jar. Lead us in. Go, go. Yeah. Lead with your chin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Except uh, there was the whole thing where, you know, Jar Jar goes, you know, Misa propose, we give, you know, Palpatine immediate emergency <laughs> powers, then you, you hear the the Senate just rumble off with all their yeah, reactions. That's, that's, that's pretty much the culmination of his character. Let me take advantage of you for one last time. <clears throat> yeah, that's it. Yeah, the rest I, I know things happen in Star Wars because reasons. Like, they just have to move along. But don't things happen rather quickly at that at that senatorial level where it's like, I'm, I, I propose we give him extreme or whatever it is, the emergency powers. And everybody just goes, yeah, okay, I'll, let's vote like immediately on this very important issue. Let's not consult our people who appointed us here to represent them. Let's just vote right now. <laughs> Maybe Palpatine was using his force powers and just swayed everyone. I don't know. <laughs> the Sith mind trick. Yeah, maybe. Sure. That's like that's like just throwing that out. You know, like I don't know. Like, I I highly doubt it. But who knows? Yeah, that's Jar <laughs> The vehicles in uh, Revenge of the Sith were cool. I, I, which form of the Jedi starfighter did you guys like? The one we saw really in Episode Two with like the triangle-shaped one, or the ones we saw with the Battle of Coruscant with Anakin and Obi Wan? I prefer the Attack of the Clones one. So do yeah. I. So do I. I know the the Revenge of the Sith one. Sort of show, give us the the beginning transition to Tie Fighter, 
Right. But I I do prefer the the look of the the Attack of the Clones model. Like we did get so a was, little bit of that, right? And, and I think Plo Koon was shot down in one, so they, they still kind of okay. hung around. Yeah, I've always thought that the Tie Fighter almost came more from the Vulture Droid. I Just think, the I think there was maybe some foreshadowing there. Yeah, Pro- possibly. But if, yeah, you look um, at the cockpit window of of the, uh, the the Jedi Starfighter, whatever mark that was. It's the same kind of like spoke design, and the way the wings kind of pop out. It's very yeah. much like Vader's interceptor, and they make the, sa- the same sound effect. Classic, iconic, almost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, th- I, I think I guess I, the look inside the cockpit is is very similar as well. It is, yeah, it is. And I guess did the X wings come from the Arc Fighter design? If I had to, guess? of course. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I would say. I mean, I never dug into the canon on those to see where they were built, what shipyard built those, but I think George's intent was clear there to have those those wings kind of split apart in the same way. Like right. I have the, I have the get, play set of that, yeah. the vehicle of that. It is, it is massive. Yeah. It is a huge is. toy. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's be. actually wider and longer than the the Millennium Falcon vehicle. Wow. It's just wow. it's just so big. I, they seem like they were pretty large vehicles, like in the movies too. Like they were carrying a lot of clone troopers. It was almost like a, a flying fortress, but in Star Wars, yeah, I two mean, pilots and a gunner in the back. Yeah, pretty pretty heavy. Or was it was it two pilots? I always thought, and may, I'm probably wrong. I always thought it was a gunner in the front, a gunner in the back, and then a pilot. Uh, well, I don't know what that guy in the second seat in the cockpit was doing. I don't know if he was just rubbing I the front guy's shoulders, keeping him loose, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> I I always thought the very front guy was the gunner. I I don't know. I'm just I'm just I don't know. Yeah, I I honestly don't. <laughs> I no, guess they moved on to, yeah, one man. You know, of course, Cedars with everything else after that, but yeah. yeah. We well we, again we saw more. Things moving closer to the Imperial look, the little walkers on Kashyyyk. Right. Right. Yeah, things just kind of gradually moving a little bit closer to to the OT. Yeah, absolutely. I, I guess the Wookiee, you know, fires didn't really have much of an influence on anything. Um, but it is kind of interesting to see the evolution of Star Wars tech, you could say, and vehicles, starting from. How we kind of ended up from like these really sleek, you know, starfighters and fighters and ships in, in the Phantom Menace, and then all we get in really in Episode Four was just this dirt and grime Millennium Falcon, you know, these beat up X wings and Y wings, kind of the natural, you know, degradation of the whole galaxy as time moved on to this era. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the Empire just sort of clamped down, right, and everything just went went to hell after that. Yeah. And people always talk about, oh, you know, why did the, you know, why, why did the prequels, why do they look so clean and polished and, you know, shiny compared to, you know, the, the original trilogy? And I, my theory was always that, you know, the, just like Obi Wan said in Episode Four, he said, it, you know, the lightsaber was a more elegant weapon or an elegant weapon for a more civilized age, and I guess, you know, more of a democracy style government allowed for more of like this upkeep of infrastructure and new developments and stuff. And when we get to, you know tight lock like you said with the empire has it kind of just 
and you know, n- nothing new gets created, and people are throwing together everything that they can. Yeah, it's almost as if you, if you, it's almost like if you pay attention, the answer is there, waiting for you. Absolutely, and, <laughs> and that's just my theory. Of course, you know, there's like the whole real life aspects. Of, oh, they just you know made the movies differently. Of course they did, but it's always fun to kind of you know theorize that and kind of like try to come up with a reason that you know that's a logical reason for how that could have happened. Yeah, absolutely. All right, boys. You know what? It's the uh, bewitching hour for me, and uh, it's almost midnight, and I I am gonna have to sign off. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Get so lost. I guess you're telling us to wrap it up. <laughs> no, I think so. Well, so that's that's, that's <laughs> on you guys. It's up to you. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, we have plenty. I think we did a, a really good job, I and mean, we're what an hour and forty minutes into it right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess you can go ahead and start. Then Corey, tell. I've been waiting for this actually, Corey, to have this be on my show. Oh God! Nice. Oh, he's gonna tell everyone oh, where they can find you on Twitter. I appreciate that, Jeffrey. I really do. And uh, everybody can find me at Chop Rules with a Z. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> you got it, Jeff. There you go. Uh, that's that's going to that's gonna be my new uh, ringtone for my text message now. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I will never call you. <laughs> <laughs> well, James... Um, you have something you you can plug while you're while we're here. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. If you guys, uh, anybody out there, also likes uh, Lord of the Rings and Tolkien stuff, we're about to dive into the Silmarillion on a podcast called An Unexpected Podcast. So come check us out on Twitter at, at an unexpected pod, all one word. I think uh, I think it'll be fun. Yeah, a couple episodes in, and I, I you guys are doing a fantastic job. Hey, thanks, buddy. We're having a we're having fun with it. I think it's uh, accessible to people who have read some of the stuff before, or even if you haven't. At least that's our goal. So come, come do check it out. That's yeah, it's awesome. definitely it's definitely more ads than James, uh, <laughs> but it's definitely a great show. <laughs> wow! Lots of shots fired tonight, guys. Fun. There's no Z's on my on my show. That it, <laughs> you'll never get one in. Never. No, no, no Z's. Lots of Z's, but no Z's. <laughs> See, I should have told him, you know, the only rule on this on this American podcast is it's no Z, it's Z. <laughs> that, that is what you should have told him. Absolutely. But you wanted it, Jeff. I, gave I it know, you. I know. I did. And, well, well I guess as, so as for me, you can find on. me at uh, Tumbling Saber all over the bloody web. <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, <laughs> Twitter. Awesome. Yeah, thank you guys so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks so for having greatly. us, guys. That was fun. Yeah, Absolutely. Our, our pleasure. Anytime. Hope, hopefully, I didn't talk you guys' ear off. Uh. <laughs> no, actually, I was really. It was interesting to hear a slightly younger perspective because Corey thinks he's the young guy in our group, but he's he's old now. Yeah, I am, and I, I'm on the exact <laughs> pages, James. So I'm like, I'm really eager to hear. Like, uh, we have M as a part of our team. And, like, just things are so different, you know? She's like, oh, I didn't know yeah. what N64 is. And you're like, I was five when Revenge of the Sith came out. And I'm like, wow. yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, if well, you guys ever want that, you know, younger thought, I'm, I'm always here. Always awesome. Here to give it. It's good. It's good to hear. Absolutely. Well, Corey, it's great if it to makes hear. you feel better, 
I'm like older than all of you, so. Hey man, uh, it's just a number, Jeff. Honestly, I know. I think <laughs> I, th- I think I'm usually the old guy, Jeff. So thanks for taking the title from me. I guess I'm 42. Yeah. Hey, don't no no worries. <laughs> Jeff, that means you're the boss, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess so. See, Jeff is smart. He's passing off the responsibilities. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I can respect that. The, the wisdom of age. Yeah. Good on you, Jeff. You, you, you can call it a loophole. <laughs> oh, Jeff, I love you, man. <laughs> okay, Tristan, I think you can wrap it up. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. This has been the Kento Cast and the Tumbling Saber. We will be sure to link everyone's social media accounts every which way we can find it possible. Uh, thank you guys so much. Check out other episodes if you haven't heard us. We'll be back again very shortly here in the next coming week with another episode. And be sure to check out uh, the Unexpected Podcast, uh, Tumbling Saber, anything else that we have going on. We all sorts of stuff. Be sure to check it out, guys. Thank you so much for watching or listening. Oh my gosh, I. I did YouTube. I do YouTube as well, so I have. I always make the dumb mistake of saying watching because <laughs> excusable. I make excusable. videos, yeah. and no, no. Thanks for listening. You you watched with your ears and your brain. Let's put it that way. And uh, thank you for listening. And we hope to catch you guys soon. Any feedback would be greatly appreciated. Anyone want to chime in on anything we talked about um, on this podcast? We would love to hear your guys' thoughts and opinions. Thank you so much for watching. I'm Tristan. And I'm Jeff. Is that our cue? It <laughs> is. <laughs> tumbling Sabers. Yeah, all right. We're the Tumbling Sabers. Come check us out on uh, Stitcher, iTunes, all those places. And yeah, th- thanks for having us, you guys. Absolutely. Anytime. Anytime. All right, this is us signing off. May the force be with you. Always. Oh, you got to keep that. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. Life is about passions. Thank you for sharing ours. This has been the Canto Cast. May, May the, the force, force be, be with, with you. you.